Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Ronnie has nominated Dr. Deidre Farr as a game changer. And Dr. Farr has joined us today to tell us more about the work that she does with animals. We're so excited to have her. And so Dr. Farr, congratulations on your Game Changer Award and welcome. Thank you. Uh, if for the, our listeners and readers that haven't uh, maybe visited your website or are not yet clients or, or don't know much about you, if you would back up and tell us a little bit about what motivated you to become a veterinarian and then how you decided to add and diversify your toolbox to gain more tools after you graduated from vet school. Okay, so as far as deciding to become a veterinarian, it's kind of a little bit of an alternate path there. Um, I originally wanted to go into journalism and um, worked for a physician my junior and senior year of high school and kind of one of those old practices where a 17-year-old could be the office staff. And I was so impressed with them that I wanted to go to medical school and changed uh, my freshman year of college to vet well. My, fa- my father, it's a funny thing. He had a brother-in-law who was a physician and he just thought it looked like a terrible life. <laughs> so he, mm. so he kind of discouraged me from med school. And I thought, well, I love animals. And I was interested in pediatrics and this isn't that different. So I set my sights on veterinary school and um, I went to Iowa State Veterinary School. I graduated a long time ago. Um, and honestly, I was burned out by the time I got out of veterinary school. It was uh, the 80s it uh, at a um, an agricultural veterinary school was um, a t- a t- was a terrible time to be a veterinary student if you loved animals. Um, I have several friends I've spoken to uh, from veterinary school who just who burned out right away. They actually one of them became a physical therapist. But I opened way too way pre- prematurely a small animal practice and I owned it for 13 years. And I learned a lot, but I was I was pretty much over it at the end of 13 years. And I was fortunate enough to sell the practice. And my frustrations were <laughs> running a business. But in addition, that I just felt like I didn't have enough tools to, you know, I, I felt like the tools I had were primitive, actually, and especially to treat chronic disease. So I sold that practice and I was really ready to give up my license and just happened to discover the IVIS acupuncture course and took it. And I knew from the beginning, I found my niche. So um, I started with acupuncture. I continued with Chinese herbal medicine, um, chiropractic. Um, I opened a kind of a small, intimate, um, oh, uh, complementary modality practice. That's all I did. I didn't throw away my Western tools because they're important. I just didn't do them. I integrated, I would work with their primary veterinarian or with specialists to give my patients what was best for them. And so I operated that practice for about 15 years. Um, and then actually I retired in 2019, right before the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of serendipitous timing. 
Um, but I couldn't give it up altogether. And I had the opportunity to spend uh, one afternoon a week at a colleague's practice where I, I did the same modalities. And um, I've been doing that since. And um, I love it. I mean, I just, I love it. And the, the nice thing about working just that brief amount of time is I have to continue to, it's a motivation to do continuing education. So right now I'm in the middle of the uh, CIVT complementary integrative college of integrative veterinary therapy nutrition course where I saw your lecture last week on detoxification <laughs> and um, it's you know it's an opportunity to always be adding to to the information is just endless so um, that's kind of my background. Ah, so you really are. I also am a fellow Iowa State grad, but mm. I graduated in 97. And even then, um, I get the whole agricultural college. I, I get everything that you have described. You had a much harder road in that you went to, uh, as a female, you went to a, you know, a male dominated profession, uh, professional school much earlier than I did. And then graduated just as I felt not necessarily equipped to deal with any lifestyle, chronic degenerative disease process whatsoever. Also, you know, you all then kind of rebuilt yourself with a set of tools that gave you purpose and meaning and passion was able to kind of reignite you from burnout in a way that allowed you to continue your love serving the people around you, but in a way that um, was synergistic to nurturing your soul as well. And that's awesome that you found that you've spanned this, this decades of your career and you're in a really nice place in that you're, I'm going to call it semi-retired, but you've seen a lot in your career, Deidre. I mean, I, I, you've seen a lot. Would you say from your vantage point now that, uh, that your conventional colleagues are more open to referring to you for some of your modalities that they don't practice. How do you feel that the relationship barometer is with your conventional professional colleagues? Because you you have spanned the distance from when people were like, oh my gosh, you're a witch doctor, to now you have board certified specialists referring to you. How has, what, what are you feeling about that evolution uh, in our profession? Well, first of all, very, I, I started, I, so I took that IVIS course in 2002, 2003 and started practicing right away. Um, since I did these, started with acupuncture and then moved into other complementary modalities, um, I was very careful not to step on my colleagues' toes. So if they needed lab work, I sent them back to their, to their primary veterinarian. Um, I consulted with their primary veterinarian, you know, so that we were working as a team rather mm -hmm. than against each other. Um, I was always very careful, you know, sometimes you're a new convert to something and you start trashing the old thing. And I, I never, I just said, I bring one point of view and they bring another and everybody's doing the best they can. Yes. So, so I developed a really good working relationship with my colleagues. Initially, they, I don't think they believed in it at all, um, but what, what they started doing is sending me the things where they dead-ended, you know, these terminal cancer patients, and they just, they said, I'll just send them to their drug, you know, yeah. send them to Dr. Farr, and the thing is, I could do something with them. Yes. I had something I could, I could offer them that couldn't be offered through what they did, so eventually, first of all, there have been a number of practitioners who didn't believe in this at first and are now taking complementary uh, medicine courses. And I think, I mean, I don't take total credit, but I think because I tried very hard not to alienate people mm -hmm. and 
they saw they saw their patients back. I didn't take away their patients. They saw back and they saw the improvements. And um, and so I think it was kind of a catalyst for them to do the mm. same thing. See that it's not an either or proposition. It's just, I just tell people, it's just other tools. Get as many yes. tools as you can. <laughs> It's, so. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And really you have, you've made it a, a central goal to work, as you said, to kind of build a team of healthcare practitioners, all working in your individual lanes with what your passion is working together to help stimulate a functional healing response in all your patients. But mm-hmm. that, that means that you are also then quietly role modeling what you're doing to your other colleagues that say, Oh my God, gosh, the patient isn't dead yet. Oh my gosh, they're getting better. And there's, you don't actually have to say anything at that point. The patient does all of the, um, all of the explaining, which is wonderful. Yeah. What do you love most about the work that you do? Um, well, the thing I love most is doing this kind of medicine. I learned what I didn't learn as a Western medicine practitioner, um, that this holistic approach and by holistic, I don't, you know, I, first of all, you're not taking the body apart and saying, Oh, like these are lungs and this is digestive tract. It's, 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 you're looking at the whole patient and not only physically, but honestly, emotionally and spiritually, it's, it's, um, and you see all that and you, you know, I always want to know what's going on at home with, with my clients, because it has so much to do with what I'm seeing with my patient. And I would say like dogs in particular, they're just emotional sponges. <laughs> and, and then I'm also, you know, what I love most is, is I'm a team. The cl- it isn't a client, me doing something for their patient, but the client and I, and the patient are all a team. And, mm-hmm. and we're just working t- for that, for that patient's well-being, whatever that looks like sometimes sometimes it's a you know it's a palliative well-being it doesn't you know it's not a it's not a win or lose thing it's just doing the best for that patient where they are and also utilizing the client to do that because the people who come to me um i always say this and i have a very because it's all i do i have a very unique clientele these are people who already know their pet well who are already well read they go to the internet but they don't you know i mean they always and check it with me what they've seen on the internet but but they're they're already on board they're they want to do the best for their their pet and they're coming to me for that so I just love that kind of team approach mm-hmm. and and also just see I see my patients totally differently than I used to mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it but they're they're just they're you know they're just emotional um, spiritual beings mm-hmm. rather than a car where I have to work on the various parts, you know? Yeah. 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 That's it's beautiful. You, you are still in practice, which is beautiful. Uh, and I, I would assume probably that you'll see some patients like, like me, we'll see patients forever until we physically can't anymore because it's in our souls to want to, to, to do what we can to help the animals around us. If you could tell the world one thing or let the world know one thing uh, about what you've learned so far or your, your observations thus far in life, Dr. Farr, what would it be? So this is kind of on a more uh, global scale. I mean, I thought about this. It's be nice, just be nice. Um, And that is 
to in my professional life as well as in the rest of my life, my non-professional life. I have clients tell me all the time. I run. I'm in Des Moines, so Des Moines is it's a it's a city, but it's a small enough city that you run into clients in the grocery store and things like that. Or they'll come back with another pet after they've lost a pet, and they'll they'll remind me of something I did and tell me how much it meant, and I don't even remember doing it. I you know it's it's just um, I don't think of it as something at the time that's particularly being nice. Um, and, you know, in, in my non-professional life, too, you just never know what kind of impact being kind is going to do. And so I just think kind of that's my one takeaway, you know, altogether is just both in personal and professional life. Be nice. Yeah. And doesn't the world need, my goodness, especially at this time-space reality, we are uh, we are in a kindness deficit. And so those are very wise important words, especially right now. Uh, yeah. Dr. Farr, if, if people wanted to, if they're, you know, if we've got, I'm also born and raised uh, in Iowa. If we have really? Iowans, yeah, I was born and raised in Cedar Falls. If we have Iowans that are looking for integrative services or would like to know more about what you do, is there a website or how would people go about contacting you? I currently I'm working at Iowa Veterinary Wellness Clinic. Um, which is a, it's a integrative practice, but they very much have a kind of a more holistic bent and um, they're in Beaverdale. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you want a phone number. I can, I can give you the phone number, but it's Iowa Veterinary Wellness Center. Perfect. Perfect. I am so thankful that Ronnie took the time to nominate you yeah, as a game changer. Yes. Wonderful. And this is such a great opportunity for me to get to know some of my amazing colleagues better. I appreciate your incredible, vast contribution to the field of veterinary medicine in Iowa, the motherland, as I say, I appreciate (laughs) you not burning out and quitting, but instead realizing that you need to expand your tool belt with a variety of tools that not just nourish your soul and allow you to practice without burnout, but provide such a gift to the community around you. So thank you for everything you're doing and congratulations on your game changer award. Okay. Thank you very much.